In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who has won our battle, dear brothers and sisters in Christ. It was 1535. Our founder, Martin Luther, was probably sitting at a desk studying some Greek. Because he was writing a commentary on the book of Galatians. He was writing a commentary, which is a book that is an explanation of a certain passage or a certain other book of the Bible. And so as he was writing this, what he was trying to do was he was trying to get across what the real meaning behind the book of Galatians was all about. What the real meaning behind each and every one of those little verses and, and sometimes each and every one of those little words. And as he was trying to put that together, he stumbled on chapter 3. And as he was praying and considering what chapter 3 meant and how to translate that and, and what the deep meaning behind that was, he came up with a famous phrase. Now that passage, that passage was that when Abraham believed in God, God credited to him as righteousness. That when Abraham, this guy who began the faith way back, even before Moses, that God appeared to Abraham and God said, Abraham, I've got an idea for you. We're going to go. And you're going to go to a place that I'm going to show you and it's going to be a good place. And that's all that I'm going to tell you and we're just going to go. And Abraham said, I'm down. And he went with God. Because he had faith. He trusted that God wouldn't let him down. He trusted that God wouldn't disappoint. And he said, I'm going to go with you. Anybody else, this would be a scary proposition, but I'm going to go with you. And so as Martin Luther was reading that story and he was considering what the Apostle Paul had to say about that, he came up with this line, this line that in Latin is simul justus et peccator. Simul, we get our words simultaneously from that. It means at the same time. Justus, you can almost hear the word justified or just in there. It's the word for righteous. Et, the word for and. Peccator word for sinner. And as Luther was writing this out, he said that we are at the same time, just like Abraham was, just like Paul was, just like Luther himself was, at the same time, justified, righteous, and sinner. Of course, that's not probably too much of a surprise for those of us who have been alive for very long we recognize that there is sort of a duality to life. That there are two sides of the coin here, and we see those two sides in all sorts of things. We see that there are two sides to us even sometimes. That there's a good side and there's an evil side. That there's a perfect side and there's a flawed side. That there is an angry side and there's a happy side. And a lot of times what we do is we we try to kind of work that out. What do we do with these two sides of us? What do we do with that righteousness? And what do we do with that sin? 
How do we work this out? Mankind has been trying to wrestle with this for a long time. We see it in places like the Chinese philosophical symbol, the yin and the yang. We see it in the Roman god Janus who looks both ways when he's depicted in art. We see it in in Kanye West. We see it in... See it in Chance the Rapper too. We see this kind of tug of this duality of the human nature. And so the fact that we feel this tug is nothing new to us. In fact, it is so much nothing new to us that it's become its own internet meme. I mean, have you seen the meme about the two wolves with the the Cherokee story? It's supposed to be a Cherokee story. I don't know what it is because you can't trust the Internet anymore. Even Facebook tells you that. Report fake news. But this meme goes something like this, that a young man came to his father one time. And as he came to his father, he said, Father, I feel like there are two wolves wrestling inside of me. And the father didn't freak out and say, you should probably get that checked out by a doctor. The father said, well, tell me more. And the young man said, well, it feels like one of these wolves is evil and is filled with cowardice and is everything bad. And the other one of these wolves is noble and gracious and everything good. He said, what do I do? Which wolf is going to win? And the father epically responds, the one that wins is the one that you feed. And that's one way of looking at this dichotomy, looking at this, these two things that are wrestling inside of us, is to say, behaviorally, well, if I do good stuff and I think good things and I generally behave in a way that is good, then that is going to feed that good wolf. And my good wolf is going to get super strong. And the good wolf is going to eat the bad wolf. And then, finally, I won't have to worry about this wrestling anymore. Or, maybe you look at it the other way. Maybe because of things in your life you go, well, the thing that I have to do is I have to starve out the bad wolf. So rather than feeding the good wolf, I'm just going to keep on doing my thing, but I'm going to try to starve out the bad wolf. I'm going to try to stop doing bad things. I'm going to stop thinking badly of other people. I'm going to stop looking at that stuff on the Internet that I think is bad, but I go to anyway. I'm going to stop all of these bad things that I do, and I'm going to starve out that bad wolf. And the bad wolf is going to be laying dead there, and then the good wolf can stand on his dead body. But of course, that's also behavioral. It's always up to you. Another way of looking at this is more in terms of that yin and yang symbol that I told you about before. And that is a way that a lot of us approach the kind of two things that are inside of us. 
We say, well, what I really have to do is I have to make peace with the good and the bad that is inside of me. I have to finally come to this point where I fully understand the good and the evil that is deep within my soul. And once I understand that, then I can get them to, well, maybe I can get them to work as a team. And working as a team, maybe together we can get past this wrestling. And maybe my evil side can work with my good side for something that I really want. Is sort of the idea that you get when you think about what happens at the Hogwarts Academy sorting hat ceremony. Where all of a sudden you understand that you are a Gryffindor or a Slytherin or a Hufflepuff or a Ravenclaw. And by understanding yourself, you can then become at peace even if you're a Slytherin with what is deep down inside of you. Those are the ways that we approach this question of this duality that is inside of us. And so uh, looking at that, we go, well, why, why would we need Christianity? I mean, Pastor Jay hasn't even really mentioned the Bible yet. And that's where the Bible comes in. That short little baby epistle reading. Even though it's so short, it's so packed with good stuff. That is the Christian way of looking at this duality. And it goes along with that line, simul justus et peccator. Because you see, the Christian way of looking at this duality that we have within us is that the battle has been won. That we don't have to behaviorally go and say, well, I'm just, I'm, I'm going to do good stuff, and then maybe if I do enough good stuff, then I'll be a good person, and then maybe God will accept me, or maybe at least I'll be acceptable to other people. Or we also don't have to say, well, I'm just going to stop doing all of the bad stuff that I'm doing, so that eventually, maybe if I just stop enough of the bad stuff, God will accept me, or other people will at least like me. And we don't have to somehow come up with some magical equation or algorithm in which we can find those two sides of us to finally fit together. So that even if God doesn't like me and nobody else does, at least I'm in, with, in peace with myself. Rather, simul justus ad peccator is a description of our lives now. But it's a description of a temporary reality. You see, the problem with the young Cherokee boy who went to his father to talk about the wolves is that apparently the young Cherokee boy did not think through what you normally do when you have a bad wolf coming near to your tent. You shoot it. You kill it. 
You don't starve it. You don't feed your good wolf so your good wolf can go and attack it. And you certainly don't hope that they team up together. What you do is you murder the bad wolf. And that is what God does on the cross. God says, I am going to take all that is sinful with inside of you. I am going to take all that is dirty. I am going to take all that is shameful. I am going to take all that is guilty. And boom! Or rather, more liturgically appropriate, God says, I'm going to take all that is guilty inside of you, all that is shameful inside of you, all of those sins, and I am going to drown it in the waters of baptism. And that is what... Luther, this guy who wrote Simul Eustace at Peccator, encourages us to do every morning as we get up. He says, get up in the morning and make the sign of the cross and remember your baptism. Remember that God killed the bad wolf. And while that wrestle might go on with you throughout this entire mortal life of yours, know that that wolf is dead. Know that sin is dead. Know that when God calls your name in the resurrection, it is going to be over. All of that wrestling is going to be done. You are finally going to be at peace. You're finally going to feel like there's not a wrestle inside of you, but all of a sudden you are going to feel like a new person. That is what it means for us to say that we are sinners who are at the same time saints. That that reality of the resurrection is so close and so dear to us and so real to us that we live knowing that that which is evil has been put to death and that we through Christ and His cross and His empty tomb have the victory. Amen. Amen. Please rise.